Father, in Jesus' name, Heavenly Father, we thank you. We bless your name for this wonderful privilege to come before you again. Thank you for your word that is coming. Thank you because to bless us. Thank you because to transform us. Lord, we say thank you. Father, we say thank you. We ask that even as your word is going on, that your power will move freely and unhindered. Bible said, Why Peter yet speak these things? And the Holy Ghost fell upon them directly. Lord, that even those who are sick will be healed. The world will come with power. Men will be blessed, will transform, heal. For in Jesus' mighty name, pray. Good evening, everybody. Um, I hope everybody can hear me. So I'm going to be talking a bit slow this evening because it's actually more like a teaching section, Bible study. And I would also like to give um, maybe a few minutes for question and answer after this section. So, this evening I'm talking about Sozo, Sozo, and um, you permit me to read from, um, um, you permit me to read from the things I wrote down concerning this explanation of what Sozo is. So now, Sozo is the Greek word for salvation. It's the Greek word for salvation, though it means so many things, and I'm going to be explaining the meaning before we go. So the first, in case you're writing, the first thing you may write is the explanation of what Sozo is. Explanation of what Sozo is. So like I said, Sozo is what is the um, Greek, is the is the Greek word for salvation, but it actually comes in threefold. I'm going to be explaining one. Sozo is used um, 54 times in the gospel with three different meanings depending on the context. So Sozo has three different meanings depending on the context but the meaning we are talking about is the context of salvation now like i said this mentioned 54 times in the gospel so in case you're writing the first subtopic subtopic you're looking at is what explaining what sozo is so i said sozo is used 54 times in the gospel and it's a, it has three different meaning it depends on the context that you're using it from so in this context you are using it from the point of salvation so it is mentioned 14 times when it talks about deliverance from disease or possession it is mentioned 14 times when it, when we talk about deliverance and possession when you are talking about when the context you're using is from the context of the, the, the um, from the standpoint of deliverance from disease or demon so it is mentioned 14 times and some of the scripture is Matthew chapter 9 verse 21 um, verse 22 Tari, you don't have to put this one okay let's just see Matthew chapter 9 verse 21 so that we can get the context um, um, when it has to do with the deliverance section it's mentioned 14 times Matthew chapter 9 verse 21 verse 22 Mark chapter 3 verse 4 um, um, and Mark chapter, um, chapter 5 verse 23 we can't go into all of this but let us see the book of Matthew chapter 9 verse 23 um, who is supposed to be putting the scripture for me okay Matthew chapter 9 verse 23 he said for he said within um, within herself if I may but touch his garment I shall be I shall be made new. but Jesus turned Jesus turned him about and when he saw her he said daughter be of good comfort thy faith had made you and the woman was made old from the, that hour. This thy faith had made you. That old there was talking about the context of these words. I think is it is it KJV he posted here? Okay, this is KJV. Alright. So let, let's see the book of let's see uh, Mark chapter 3, verse 4. Let's see Mark chapter 3, verse 4. I think that will explain the context better. Mark chapter 3, verse 4. And he said unto them. Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath day or to do evil, to save to save life? Now, this save in this context, you know, it's talking about deliverance. It's not really talking about salvation. So the save in this context is sozo. The save that is used in Mark chapter 3 verse 4 is what? Sozo. Now, you remember what I said? Sozo is a Greek word for salvation, but it has three different meanings. It depends on the context that you're using it from. So the first meaning is deliverance from disease or demon possession and i said in this meaning it is mentioned 14 times in the entire gospel which is mark luke um john uh, mark luke john so in the, in the entire gospel it is mentioned was 54 times the four gospels 
Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. This is mentioned what, 54 times. But when he talks about deliverance from disease or demon possession, it is mentioned 14 times. When, when we talk about rescue from physical life, rescue of physical life from some impending peril or death. So the first one is what? Deliverance from disease or demon possession. The second is rescue from physical life. I mean, rescue of physical life from some impending peril or death. Let's see the book of Matthew chapter 8 verse 25. So the first talks about deliverance from disease and demon possession. The second is talking about rescue of life from some impending or um, um, impending peril or death. So let's see the book of Matthew chapter, I mean Matthew chapter 8 verse 25. Matthew, sorry, Matthew 8 25. And the disciples came to him and he woke him and woke him saying lord save us we perish the save us here remember that the save us they are talking here is this sozo but this particular save us here is talking about um deliverance from either physical death or danger so do you get the first one is deliverance from demon possession or whatsoever thing the second one is talking about deliverance from physical death or something of danger now the third the second one is mentioned 20 times when you talk about the sozo that delivered from um, danger, physical death, is mentioned what, 20 times. The first one about deliverance is mentioned 14 times. Then the third one, which is spiritual salvation, that we are, we are really looking at today, is mentioned 20 times. So, let's see the book of Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. Wait for our Bible people. Matthew 1:21. So and, and and she said, and she said, Bring forth a son. Thou and she said, Bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he, for he shall save his people. Now, the Savior is talking about the context of salvation. If you go further to look other verses like uh, Matthew 14, 30, 16, 25, 27, 40, 42, 49, Mark 8, 35, 15, 30, 31, Luke chapter 9, verse 24, um, 56, um, 56, verse um, 23 to 35, just, I mean, sorry, I'm reading about the one of, <laughs> so spiritual salvation, when you look at Matthew 1, 21, um, um, Matthew 10, 25, Matthew 19, 25, Matthew 24, 13, Mark 18, 35. I don't know if you want to write all of this. So this context, we're talking about spiritual salvation. Just help us put Matthew chapter 10, verse 22. Let's put Matthew chapter 10, verse 22. Remember, I said this night is more like a teaching night. So um, teaching takes a lot of time. But when he saw the wind, no, 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 no. Matthew 10, 22. Matthew 10 22, sorry. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. The Savior is Sozo. And this Sozo was talking about what the context of salvation was talking about what the context of salvation. So Sozo, Sozo definition comes from um, is defined into three, yes, three major de definitions. One deliverance from what from demon possession or oppression two is deliverance from physical death either from danger or a period or something like that number three is spiritual salvation which is the one we are actually considering today spiritual salvation so um it baffles me that you know that sometimes we can be learning about principle for this and principle for that i'll find out that we are just learning normal principle that those who are who are not believers we know that those who went for a conference or attend a um, business meeting we just know it, it baffles me that most times we who are believers or some people who are believers cannot actually explain the gospel they don't really understand what the gospel of jesus is if you sometimes we even mistake niceness for for somebody who is saved so my attempt tonight is, is to do all of this, explain this gospel and actually tell you um, what is expected of the person or of a person who is actually saved. So number one, you know, the number one thing we did was to explain what Sozo is. Number two, we are saved by grace, not by works. This may sound like, ah, I'm hearing this every day, I'm hearing it every day, but the things that we say sometimes and the way that we believe is not showing yet that we are actually what saved by what 
that we understand this concept of being saved by grace and not by works. And the book of open for us, um, um, Tari, please open for us the book of Ephesians chapter two verse eight. Ephesians chapter two verse eight. That we are what? That we are saved by grace through faith. We are saved by grace. Meaning that it, it, when we talk about the context of being saved by grace, it is an indication that you were not saved by your own works. You were not saved by your own power. It is not the way that you were you dressed that saved you. It is not the things that you, it is not the way you dressed, you know, the place that you go to that saved you. Now, sometimes we don't really get this um, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. It says, For by grace ye are saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God. Salvation is not by works. You cannot walk your way to be saved. No. It, the perfect sacrifice and the offering has been made, which is Jesus Christ. In case you don't understand, before, when they want to make an atonement, the lamb that they used to use under the old, um, the old covenant, they will use a lamb of a year old. And the lamb, the blood of the lamb cannot actually blot out our sins. The blood can only cover our sins. It cannot blot it out. And after one year, they will come back and do what? And make another sacrifice. Do you get And make another sacrifice. And within that one year, if you offend or you do certain things, there are still petty, petty sacrifices that you make. Oh, sacrifice for peace, for this and that, for this and that, for that and this. When you read the book of Leviticus, you understand all of this. Many, many sacrifices. But the major sacrifice that were made by the high priest is usually after every one year. Because the age of the lamb is usually a year old. Now, Jesus, which is ageless. Jesus, who is what? Who is ageless? Now became the sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice. So before, after a year, you ought to come back and render another sacrifice. But now, the perfect sacrifice, Jesus, which is an ageless God, made that sacrifice for us. Meaning that, so if you before, under the law, when you want to say, when your sacrifice expires after every one year, but now your sacrifice will only expire according to the age of the, of the lamb that is being put in place for the sacrifice. And under the law, it is usually a year old. Now you have a Jesus, a man, God who became man, die as so that he could save men, who is ageless. So just now, now, I'm looking for a better way to explain this. So imagine a man, the blood of an ageless man, which is used. So it shows that is a perfect offering, sacrifice that is made for our redemption. Not like um, the blood of goats where you have to go back after a year and say, ah, let me go back and make another perfect sacrifice. No, the perfect sacrifice, which is Jesus Christ has been made, the ageless one. So the validity of the atonement is directly proportional to the age of the lamb. And now the lamb that is used for your for this atonement is an ageless lamb. Is somebody getting it? The what? The, 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 the lamb that is used for this atonement is an ageless lamb. Because the validity of the atonement is usually proportional to the age of the lamb. So the lamb is usually a year old. Now, Jesus, who is ageless, is the one, is the, is the, made, is the sacrifice that is used. So the perfect offering and the sacrifice is Jesus. He, has, he, he became our high priest. So there's no need for us to carry any other blood or any other goat, any other thing to make any other sacrifice. Why? Because the, the perfect sacrifice has been made. Now, see, another way to understand the contents of salvation is when we begin to read the book of Matthew chapter 20 from verse 1 to 15. The Bible told us that it, it spoke about a parable. How a man, a man came out and saw people who were not working and asked them to go and work. At the, I think at the, he came out different time. And again, he came out again at the 11th hour and saw that people who were not working and asked them to go and, to go and work. And other sometimes when they were done, he paid everybody full and some were angry. So he paid them not because of the job they had done. He paid them because that's who he is. I don't know if you're getting me. He paid them not because of the job that they did do. He paid them because that's his character. So the gospel of Jesus will not change. It's not because, oh, so this, but no, no. He paid them not because of what they did. He paid them because that's his behavior. That's, that's how he wants to pay. So those who came at the third hour, the ninth hour, the sixth hour, and the person who came at the eleventh hour, he paid them the same. So that gospel, you are not saved by the things that you do. 
You need to get this thing. You can tap yourself. Say, I'm not saved by works. I'm saved by grace through faith. Say, I'm not saved by, I'm saved by grace through faith. I know that we bear this over and over, but sometimes the way we behave, the things that we say, is not an indication that we have understood this thing. Now, let me give you another example. The story of Joseph is another way to paint the salvation story. Now, look at Joseph. Joseph grew up with his brothers. You know, he didn't do them anything, just sharing visions and dream with them of this and that and that and that and that and that. He was just sharing visions and dream with them. Then, while he was sharing the visions and dream with them, all of a sudden, you know, they sold him this. And after they sold him, he succeeded. And the brothers now came to him. When they came to him, then he forgave them. He forgave all of them. He forgave all of them. The father apologized everybody and he just forgave them like that. And they came into the enjoyment that he has prepared. That is the concept of salvation. Joseph suffered for his brother. Joseph even told them that you guys meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. God had to use them. They think they were doing evil, but God had to use them to send their brother to Egypt so that they can go and prepare the way for them. The story of Joseph is, is another example of how to explain the concept of salvation. That you are saved by works, by grace through faith, and not by works. That even though the, the brothers, it was because of the brothers that Joseph had to go through all of the things that he went through. Remember that it's because of us that Jesus went through the things that he went through. He went through all of those things. Even only no, no sin became sin because of us. I don't know if you're getting it. So the concept and the story of Joseph alone can explain the concept of salvation. That he went through all of those things for the sake of the brothers. They were the one who accused him, who sold him, who did all of those things, and all those things. And yet, when they came to the place, they didn't have to go through anything. They didn't suffer anything. We are the one who sinned. So that's just the concept. We are like the brothers of Joseph. We are the one who sinned, but another person paid the price for us. Paid the price for us. Now, another way to also explain the context of salvation is the story of Barabbas. The Bible told us that this Barabbas was a condemned criminal. And when Pilate came, he said, should I release Jesus for you? Or should you, will you take Barabbas? And everybody said Barabbas. At that point is where you are supposed to understand the proper context of salvation. That Jesus had to... Barabbas took the place of Jesus. The Bible said, he will you know sin became sin for us. They have to treat what? They have to treat, God allowed them to treat Jesus as Christ. He took our place. Jesus took the place of Barabbas. I don't know if you're getting this content. And Barabbas now took his place because you only see Barabbas gain that freedom was because of Jesus Christ was the one who was being punished and Barabbas the one we see was released so the concept of Joseph and his brother shows us forgiveness everything we have done the Bible says whosoever is in Christ the new creature all things have passed away he said behold all things have become new because Joseph did not try to remember the things the brother did to him so the story of Joseph and his brother showed us what he showed us forgiveness now, the story of Barabbas and Jesus showed us that how Jesus took our place. Ah, he took your place. So he said himself on the cross in the book of, I think the book of, he said by, um, by himself, where he bore our griefs, our infirmity, and all of these things. I'm trying to remember that scripture now. So he took our place. He took our place. This understanding that you are saved by grace not by works see this one one self-righteousness you can deliver you from being hard on yourself certain things in the past and you feel like ah this and that they are the things on team you know the bible said that jesus took your place those things that you did jesus he took it on himself are you getting so just like barabbas they did they did they did they, 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 they took his place so maybe there are things you've done in the past you think is the reason why things are not working maybe there is a self you know condemnation all of these things jesus has to tell you this might start it 
said, I did what? That he took your place. So the concept of that of that Barabbas and Jesus is a place. Now, the concept what forgiveness the concept of barabbas and jesus shows us how christ did what took our place now people will not be for instance if you ask a random believer are you righteous you say ah me i'm not righteous so this and that this and that, that, that. <laughs> see the concept of righteousness is that is a gift is a gift is a gift now please um our bible person now in righteousness i know that one there is a doing righteousness and yes there is a righteousness by gift but let me tell you it is first that the gift all comes first before the one that you will do in fact it is because you um, righteousness is a gift that has been given to you that is when you can be able to do that righteousness that is why you can be able to do that what we call the doing righteousness I'm looking for a better way to put it. Somebody open to the book of, um, um, I mean, post this thing for us. First John chapter two verse twenty-nine. Then somebody also post Second Corinthians chapter five verse twenty-one. First Corinthians, I mean Second Corinthians chapter five verse twenty-one. Then somebody else put First John. Waiting for you guys. You guys, let me wait for you guys. Okay, now first John. Now look at first John. Righteous. If ye know that he is righteous, ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of is born of what is born of him. Now, if ye know that he is righteous, see it is first understanding the gift of that righteousness. Uh, Second Corinthians chapter five verse twenty-one. He said, "For he had made him to be seen for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ." So when Jesus took your place, he, that righteousness is a gift. He said, "For he had made him to be seen for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God." so the righteousness is first a gift it is receiving this gift where you receive the life of christ that you can be able to now do righteousness that is when you can be able to now do what first john 2 29 is saying he said for if ye know that he is righteous ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him it is first identity before conduct See, when you get this, all this self-condemnation we end. It is what? It is first identity before conduct. That you are first, you are not first righteous by the things you do or by the things you did not do. You are first righteous because God gave you that gift. Are you getting me? You are not first righteous you did not do. You are first righteous why because god gave us a gift he said for him for he said for he had made him to be seen for us would you not see that we might be made the righteousness of god in him it is when you have received and understand this gift that first john 2 29 cannot find expression he said if ye know that is righteous ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him so it is first identity before conduct now when you also ask an average believer, are you holy? You say, ah, me, I'm not holy. It's only God that is holy. This and that, 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 that. See, open for me First um, Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 4. I want the NLT version. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 4. I want the NLT version. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 4. I want the NLT version. Then, Second Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1 that one you can give me the kjv version second corinthians chapter 7 verse 1 you can give me the kjv version no i said i want first Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 4 i want the nlt version Okay, now let's read this 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1 first. 
He said, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all fittiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Which first, I want the, the other one in NLT. I want, okay. See, okay, let me repeat myself. I want that first Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 4 in NLT. Okay, this is NLT. Okay, okay, I've seen it. I've seen it. Then each of you will control his own body and live in his, in, in holiness and honor. Trying to okay, okay. I want I want second Timothy chapter one. So I mean second Timothy chapter one, verse nine. Give me that one in NLT. I mean NIV. Second Timothy. That's what I want to pick what I want to explain. Second Timothy. Um, chapter 1 verse 9 2nd Timothy chapter 1 verse 9 so when you ask a believer are you holy you will say ah I'm not uh, I'm not holy or this and that see let me let me let me start by explaining why they put the scripture I said 2nd Timothy 1 verse 9 NIV version now let me explain something to you the Bible told us about Moses he said that and um, what the, the burning bush experience that Moses saw while Moses was coming close to God, God said something. While he was coming close to that burning bush, God said something. He said that. He said he told Moses to remove his shoe. He said because that ground is an holy ground. Now let me ask you a question: What did that ground? Did that ground did anything to become an holy ground? No, that ground became holy because God calls it holy. Are you getting my point? Now that ground becomes what holy because what God calls it what holy. I need this first um second um Timothy one verse nine in NIV version. I think I will have to find this myself. Now we search for you. Now we find you. Now we find you. I will look for you. Jesus, and I will find you. And I will find you. I will look for you. And I will find you. Okay, found it. Found it. Now, first Timothy, I mean, second Timothy 1 verse 9. He said, He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of the time. You are not first only because of the things you did. You are first only because God calls you only. When God told Moses, he said, remove your shoe because that ground is an holy ground. What did that ground do to, be, to become holy? Nothing. The ground was only because God calls it holy. So you are not first only because of the things you did. You are first only because God calls you only. I'm reading your Bible to you. 2 Timothy 1 verse 9. He said he has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not He has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ before the beginning of the time. So you are not first only because of the things you did. You are first only because God calls you holy. I know that there's what we call, what we can perceive to be called the doing holiness, which was the one where we are reading here, where he said, he has saved, um, where he said in 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1, he said, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us clean ourselves from all fitness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. You can only perfect what you have. And it's a perfecting holiness. So you are not first only based on the things you did. This is not an endorsement to live a wayward life. Gets me right? Because this is not an endorsement to live a wayward life. So you are not first only because of what you do. You are first only because God calls you holy. The ground which the Bible told Moses, he said, put your, your sandals because it's an holy ground. That ground did not do anything to become holy. That ground was called only because God calls it holy. So you are not first only based on the things you, you, you did or did not do. You are only first because God calls you holy. It's a matter of identity first before conduct. It's a matter of identity first before conduct. So next time somebody asks you if you're righteous, yes, you're righteous. Why? 
based on second corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 is a gift somebody asks you if you are holy say yes you are holy second timothy chapter 1 verse 9 chapter 1 verse 9 so our the holiness and the righteousness is not first from the standpoint of the things you did or did not do it is first because god calls you holy are you getting it now um another my point the gospel is not being nice the gospel is not is different from let me put it this way the gospel is is not being nice it's different from being nice there are people you know sometimes when i counsel some of my wonderful sisters they will tell me ah, the brother is not saved but he's nice once you just have salvation like this everything has complete you're a joker salvation and being nice are two different things the bible told us in the book of Mark chapter 10 from verse 17 to 22 a man who came to meet jesus and just told him you have to do this and you have to do that and he said yeah he had done all of those things that from his youth but when christ told, when god told him to follow him he could not so don't don't reduce the gospel to if you just have it like this yeah you, you have everything uh, that the gospel is just the one percent that is needed you are reducing jesus to that to that level are you getting so the gospel is not being nice so there are times when you see people doing well not a believer you say ah this person said he better pass this person hey you they wine you they wine because what see all of these things that we do the gospel is not is not that ah this brother is good ah no if he's not safe he's not safe if he didn't day, he didn't day. are you getting it so some people even judge by the way somebody dress and say that ah this guy the way he dress he see if you judge by dressing you will miss it that's why people i remember now now i don't mean to insult or to to throw shots at anybody i remember that somebody made a a, a thread kind of on twitter and he said he would love to see it is couple and there's a guy with his wife what wonderful people very beautiful people they uploaded their picture the husband actually uploaded the picture and they were you see the way they were dressing you would say they are youth pastor in one of the top in, in one of the top churches in nigeria you see the, the way so if you go by joining people that they are wearing they are people who are wearing long skirts who are not sick are you getting me so the gospel is not niceness ah this brother is very nice so ah he's very nice if he's not safe he's not safe if he didn't day, didn't day. so trying to commonize the gospel to a point of ah this brother the way the lady dresses eh? hey we are contending for internal things all of these good things that you're saying will end on it we are contending for what internal things so the gospel is what is not niceness it's not niceness it's not that the brother is nice ah he, but he just that he, he does not have jesus if he just accept jesus now the sister is very good but see the, the <laughs> i don't even know how to put it that gospel god is the coco so that's why i think it was kennedy again that shared in in his uh, um, one of his books that there's this guy a church that was preaching one time and then this man always comes to tell you all of these things and all that only for him to find out that this man was actually seen he had not believed the gospel in fact i'm not sure that the gospel had been preached to him properly before you'll be surprised that most of these things that i say there are people who are in church who don't know it all they just say is, uh, you know, sometimes when we want to do altar call and bring you to Christ, we just rush it. Uh, there's no proper guideline messages on the life that they have received. See, you, it is not just niceness because when you, when you, when, when, when the gospel is being preached and you believe it, what you receive is the life of Christ, the very life of Jesus, the very life of God that you have received. Are you getting it? You have received the very life of God. So you cannot commonize the very life of God to just the, to the icing on the cake. No! The, the life of God is the icing and is the cake. The life what? The gospel is the icing and it is the cake. Not the icing on the cake. It's the cake itself and the icing. So don't so you must have that mentality. When you see those who are not see, let me tell you something. Understand that we you know we need resources we see we know all of this and that but when you see people who even those you see that they have resources they have all of these things and they don't have jesus eh i'm not saying that you should go and boast and you do this thing you should pity them you should do what you should pity them the best you can do for them is to get the gospel to them are you getting my point so this is one of the issues that I have, but I will not really go into that today. When we try to reduce the gospel to prosperity, Jesus did not die for Jesus. Um, see, one of the wrongest ways to preach that Christ can meet your need is to say that Jesus is not die for you to be poor. There are so many people who have not believed the gospel and they are rich. So it is a, it is one of the wrongest ways to teach about that God can meet the person's need. One of the wrongest ways to teach about the fact that God can meet the person's need is to start by... Uh, 
um, is to start by saying that uh, Jesus is not died for you to be poor. Mm-mm. There are people that Jesus died, that there are people that have not believed in Jesus, the gospel of Jesus, that are rich. So Jesus is not died for you, in con- it's just for, for prosperity's sake. No, that's too small a reason why he, why he should die. There are so many people who don't know Jesus who are wealthy. Am I saying that God cannot meet our need? You know, of course, we, we've prayed about it. God can meet our need. I know Philippians 4 19 is there. But I'm saying that one of the wrongest contests to teach that God can meet a need is to start by saying that Jesus is not died for you so you can be poor. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. Or rich. No. No. That's not the right context to teach it from. And now, number eight. You know, I number eight in my book. So I don't know if you know by your own what the gospel produces in us now paul was speaking in the book of i think galatians he said i've been crucified with christ he said nevertheless i live he said yet not not i he said the life which i now live i live for the son of god who loved me and died for me now see we are not saved by good works let's see the book of ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. somebody give us ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. or you can take it from ephesians chapter 2 from verse 8 to 10. Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 8 to 10. Now, what the gospel produces in us. See, we are not saved by good works. I've taught that extensively from the beginning of this message. That niceness is not salvation. That somebody is nice does not mean they are saved. The Bible told us the story of the man, the, the young rich ruler. Are you seeing? The ruler was young and he was rich, yet he did not know Jesus. To show you that you can make money without knowing Jesus. <laughs> Just that the context of the money may not be right with the values of the kingdom. Are you getting my point? The context of the money may not be right with the values of the kingdom. Meaning that you can make money, but there are some mojoro that you play. There are people that you have cheated. There are this and that and that that you have done. Are you getting it? Are you getting it? Because what? You have not understand the gospel of Jesus. You don't know what you should not do and what you should do. I, I don't know if you're getting me. So don't worry. We'll, still, we'll do a series about the concept of the kingdom prosperity. How does God bless a believer? What are the things that we call blessing that are not really blessing? Somebody made a mistake and sent money to your account and you call it fever. That's not fever. That's stealing. Are you, get, are you getting my point? So, am I saying that God cannot meet our need? No, God can meet our need. But there's a wrong context that it has been taught from. I, I'm just even branching into all of those stuff. God can meet our needs. God can do God can do things. I can begin to give you stories of stories of stories of how, how I was about to be stranded and God would just, and God would just show up. You know, so many stories of stories. So, am I saying that God cannot meet our need? Of course, God can meet our need. So, what the gospel produces in us. See, let, let's read from, okay, Ephesians 2, verse 8 to 10. He said, for by grace are ye saved through faith. He said, that not of yourself. He said, it is the gift of God. Yeah, that you are not saved by. I'm saying it again and again. You are not saved by works. You are not saved by works. You are not saved by works. Now, for by grace are ye saved through faith. And that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So it is it is God. It, so you will not boast and say, It's by my work that I'm saved. He said, For we are his workmanship now yet. This is what salvation, receiving the life of God, should produce in us. He said, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. Now watch, we are not saved by works. We are saved by grace. But we did not do anything to be saved so that we can do something. You didn't hear that. We did not do anything to be saved so that we can do something. He said, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Unto good works, which he had ordained, which, which God had ordained, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. Can you give me this in NIV version? I think I would like it. Chapter 2, verse um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. You can give me an NIV version. So, are you seeing that we are not so as a believer, you are not saved by works, but we should now the good. Do you know what the good works is? The good works is the fruit of the spirit. That as a believer who have the life of God, we should look at you and see that gift of the spirit. And should I also tell you, if you want, they made the gift of the spirit majorly is love. Every other thing that you see, they are byproduct of love. Because if you check it, it's not fruit. You won't see S there. It's just fruit of the spirit. For we are we are we are God's and work created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So we are not saved by good works. We didn't do anything to be saved, but we are we didn't do anything to be saved so we can do something. 
Are you getting it? We didn't do anything to be saved so that we can do something. We are not saved by what good works. We didn't do anything to be saved so that we can do something. So, you don't look at a person because they are very nice. They give you money and conclude that they are saved. No! The Bible told us about the young rich ruler. So, don't just say, this person is very good. Ah, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, I'm going back now. I'll still come back to this. Ah, this person is very good. If you just believe Jesus now, that's the icing on the cake. No, the gospel is not icing on the cake. The gospel is the cake and the icing. It's not what? It's not by good character. It's not by it's not by just niceness. Even though when we now receive the life of God, it should produce the fruit of the spirit. Now that fruit of the spirit, if you watch, you won't see S in front of it because the gift of the spirit is actually love. Those things you see, they are byproduct of love. Where you see genuine love, you will see all of those things that Paul mentioned when he was calling it. Are you getting me? Are you here with me? Do you get it? So even though we are not saved by doing we we did not do anything to get saved so that we can do something ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 niv he said for we are god's good work created in christ jesus to do good works with god and prepared in advance so man of god dear woman of god we know that you are not saved by works we know that by the story of joseph that i painted here that jesus had forgiven us all of it by the story of barabbas that i painted here that jesus took our place that that um, all condemnation has no place over us has no place sickness all of this has no place over you the works of darkness have no place over you now what are you seeing hey first corinthians 13 verse 4 to 8 the bible says love is patient love is kind it does not envy so that gift of the spirit that you see is actually love that is i mean the fruit of the spirit is actually love every other thing you see paul mentioned there they are only byproduct of love so when paul now begin to speak in corinthians chapter 1 verse 13 to 4 he said love is patient love is kind it does not envy are they not the thing that paul mentioned when he was talking about the gift of the spirit it's not gifts of the spirit i mean it's not I mean sorry it's not fruits of the spirit it's fruit of the spirit so those things you see they are byproduct of love so even though I'm, I'm i'm saying it again and again so we didn't do anything to be saved oh, so that we can do something so that we can do all, so that we can do so is a love is patient love is kind it does not envy it does not boast it is not proud it does not dishonor others it is not self-seeking it is not easily angered it keeps no record of wrongs love does not delight in, in evil but rejoice with the truth it always protects always trust always hopes always preserve love never fails but where there are prophecies they will cease where there are tongues they will be stilled where there is knowledge it will pass away but love never fails are you getting it so we understand by, by all of this the story of joseph shows us something the forgiveness of christ the story of Barabbas shows us how Christ took our place and that he took our place in condemnation has no power over us. He took our place, the work of darkness has no power over us. He took our place, infirmity has no power over us. He took our place, the demon forces, they have no forces over us. He took our place, condemnation has no place over us. He took our place. So understanding this, that Jesus took your place. Sickness has no power over you. He took your place. Oh, no, no. Infirmity has no power over you. He took your place. Works of darkness have no power over you. He took your place. Condemnation has no power over you. He took your place. Most of it, they have no power over you. He took your place. I want you to begin to speak. Maybe there are, there's a self, self-condemnation you're battling with. You're battling with sickness or all kinds of thoughts. Say, Jesus took my place. Lost, you have no power over me. Jesus took my place. Greed, maybe you sense that greed is growing in your heart. Greed, you have no power over me. Jesus took my place. Recobelica barabele capaposh. 
Rende kopeles. Infirmity has no power over me. Jesus took my place. Reko belika barabele kapa. The works of darkness has no power over me. Jesus took my place. Reko belike berande kopa. Jeko beleka barababoski ti baradadada. Rande kobelika barande kopa. Reko beleka baboshe beleka pa. Rade dosho beleka pa. Ruki belika barande kopa. Rade dosho beleka Reko beleka pa, rande kobelika barande kopa, reke de dosho beleka pa, rade de dosho beleka pa, reko belika barande kopa, zuku belika pa. In Jesus' mighty name. See, understanding the gospel, it will make you, it will translate to understanding your authority in Christ. When you know that Jesus took your place, the Bible says, when He died, we died with Him. He said, when he resurrected, we resurrected with him. So in the book of Colossians, the Bible now said, for we are dead and our life is hid with Christ Jesus. Are you getting it? He said, for we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. He said, seated above power, principalities. So when you understand these things, you can come out and look at the things that are not working. You can look at you can look at your family and see certain oppression or sick satanic force. You can see certain things that have not been working that should work, and you can go there because you understand the authority that you have in Christ. See, understanding the gospel translates to understanding the authority that you have in Christ. See, you cannot exert authority beyond the level of knowledge that you have. You cannot do what you cannot exert authority beyond the level of knowledge that you have. Authority and, and, and power in ignorance is still ignorance. Authority and power in ignorance is still ignorance. And I will explain to you. For instance, you see those guys that stop cars in Nigeria, that will direct you, stop, go, this and that. If you watch, they are wearing, they are, they are on, sometimes when police are with them, or let, okay, let me give you an example of police, when they stop and search car. Now watch, police, they have the authority of the government, which is the uniform. Now they have power, which is the gun. So when police are standing on the road and they did not stop you, you don't stop, you just move. Why? Because they did not stop you. Now imagine that a police is standing on the road and he's seeing a car coming and he's crying, stop now, why is the car not stopping? They are not stopping, watch, he has authority which is the backing of the government by the uniform that is wearing. He has power, which is the gun that they have given to him, but he also has ignorance. He, he did not understand that the authority and the power that he has, that is conferred upon him, require that if he stops the car, they will stop. So you can be like the policeman, you have authority, the uniform, you have power, the gun, but yet you are crying that the cars are not stopping. Meanwhile, you are supposed to be the one to stop them. So authority and power in ignorance is still ignorance. Authority and power in ignorance is still as if you didn't have anyone. So by the understanding of the gospel of Jesus that you have you understood that he has forgiven you, that there's no condemnation to them while in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh. So you are you understand now that he has forgiven you. Again, you understand that Christ took your place. You understand that when he died, you died with him. You understand that when, when he came back alive, you came back alive with him. So I want you to look at the things in your life. That seems to be like an oppression and say, Jesus took my place. You have no power over me. You demon this and this delay. I want in the next one minute, not pray, exert your authority. Say, I command you, give way. Whether you have any infirmity in your body, you have this and that, I command you, give way. In the next one minute, pray. Give voice to that thing. Say, I command you, give way. Reko in jesus mighty name we have prayed amen i think next week we are going to look at the believer's authority because after understanding the gospel of jesus it should translate to understanding your authority in christ do you get it should translate to understanding your authority in christ it should translate to the fathers laying hands on the sick casting out demons is not something relegated for only pastor 
There are these signs that follow them that believe in my name, not these signs who follow them that are pastors. Stephen was not a pastor. No, in fact, I, I thought about this now in Badon meeting, a physical meeting. I told them that Smith Wigglesworth was not the preacher. The wife of Smith Wigglesworth was the preacher. He was just a plumber. But one day he was studying the scripture and he found, he said, if you believe in me, the works that I do greater than this will you do. It was that scripture that 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 he took and he ravaged every man. Are you getting it? So it is not set aside for certain people. Uh, it is not set aside that the authority in Christ is for every believer. You are seated in every place with Christ Jesus, above principalities and power. See, it's an embarrassment that a believer, you will be sleeping and then see something that looks like human being in your room. You start shouting and crying. The Bible said, for you are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. A, a, a general don't need a gun to arrest a recruit. If a recruit misbehaves, the general will just come and say, lock him up. He didn't need any gun. That the lion is sleeping does not make him a dog. A lion is still a lion. So it's an embarrassment that uh, you'll, be, you'll be in a place. Just imagine that they will plant a small witch in a family. In one small girl with you of 13, 14 years, but the girl will deliver the polling unit. She will trouble everybody in that in that family, trouble them, trouble them. But you can keep three believers in the family, and they will be and, and they will, the, the worst part is that they will not even discern, first of all, that there's an attack in the family. They will not first discern. It's an embarrassment to be in a place and Satan is having a just free day in that place. The Bible says, for you are seated in every place with Christ Jesus. The authority, the authority in Christ is not just is not for selected people. No, you have the advantage. The advantage is the spirit of God. Do you get it? So next week, we are going to talk about the believer's authority. And maybe you came late for this meeting. I'd like you to go back. After now, we'll share the record on the the platform i'd like you to go back and listen to it again that's been an amazing message explaining the concept of salvation with the story of joseph with the story of barabbas and many other explanations with scriptures here and there so it's something that you should fall back and listen to and for every everybody who is here tonight i don't know maybe there's anything that seems to be your heart desire that you have been trusting god for maybe a job maybe a car maybe a house i decree in the name of jesus the Bible said that if I decree a thing, it said it will be established. Between now and seven days, come back with a testimony in the name of Jesus. Lord, I place the grace of favor upon you. Whatsoever thing that seems to be your heart desire, whether a new job, whether promotion, whether a car, whether a house, between now and seven days, come back with a testimony in the name of Jesus. There have anybody who is sick here. The Bible said himself, took away your infirmity and said, and they bear your sickness. He said that by his stripes, he said that you are healed. What Jesus took, you can't have it. You, that spirit of infirmity, I rebuke in the name of Jesus. I decree you are healed now in the name of Jesus. You are healed now in the name of Jesus. Satan, take your hands off now in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you because you are blessed. Lord, we thank you because you have answered. For in Jesus' mighty name, there's somebody here, you have been expecting money. I don't know where the money is coming from. Bible says, and the king could not sleep. So the Mordecai was what? So the Mordecai was remembered. Between and the next four days, come back with a testimony in the name of Jesus. Thank you, everyone, for coming out this evening. God bless you. I hope that you go back and listen to the message. See you again next week. Have a wonderful night.